Welcome to the Digital Health Insights Podcast, where NZ Hits CEO Scott Arrell brings you key thought leaders to share their experience, views, and vision on all things digital health and more. Full tech enablement is essential for creating world-class health systems, and Scott's guests discuss how this can be achieved, the challenges that need addressing, the opportunities it creates, and the benefits delivered to health, disability, and social care services in New Zealand and worldwide. Kia ora and welcome. I'm Scott Arrell, and thanks very much for joining me today. My guest is Dr. Jeffrey Sayer. He's the CEO and Managing Director of MedTech. You might remember that name because back at episode 39, Jeff was my guest, and he hadn't long taken over the um, op- really the ownership of MedTech um, here in New Zealand, and uh, I was talking about some things there back then in episode 39. <laughs> so go back and have a listen to that one. It's really interesting in terms of you know acquiring one of New Zealand's largest um, sort of health tech firms and you know, with the dominance that MedTech has in the PMS market here in New Zealand within the primary care GP market. Um, so fast forward to today and this week, uh, Jeff's just announced the new initiative known as the Application Layer Exchange, or, or the acronym being ALEX, A-L-E-X. So what we did is quickly did an interview with Jeff so he could uh, tell us about what that really is and all the partners that he's working with. So I'm not going to bore you with a big, long-winded introduction because uh, my guest, Jeff, is uh, far more important to listen to. So, uh, But I will say do please subscribe and do please share this episode because this, you know, I'm sure you do that with all episodes, but this one in particular needs to be shared around both uh, nationally in New Zealand, but internationally, because it's one of those things like this is a point in time when you look back and think, gosh, you know, that's when this happened. And uh, Alex is exciting. Uh, if I can put it that way, Alex, the acronym, of course. Uh, so I'll leave you to listen to Jeff for this interview. Well, hi there, Jeff. Uh, thanks for joining us today. We're actually uh, doing this interview while because, because we've you've launched Alex. Um, so we're just going to talk about Alex, actually, and uh, A-L-E-X, which is an acronym that you're going to explain to all the listeners of what that really is. And But otherwise, uh, hey, I was just saying to you, you're looking so relaxed, mate. So you're, clearly you've got a whole pile of uh, people in other rooms and your offices are working like crazy and you're just laying back. Um, barking at orders and then having a, having a bit of a relax. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks, Scott. Um, yeah, I, am a, I, I get I get comment a lot that I look pretty relaxed for some guys just taking on something slightly crazy. Um, but no, no, Alex. Alex stands for Application Layer Exchange. Um, the concept is around fire-based APIs across MedTech's evolution and MedTech thirty two product here in New Zealand, and. What it basically means is putting a fire API, an event-driven fire API, which I'll explain that a bit as we go along, um, that allows third-party applications to talk to the medtech systems probably a lot more securely, uh, a lot more rigorous, a lot more stable, and we believe it should also um, encourage innovation. Uh, we're in the past not working together well probably stifles innovation. We think this is going to be a great way to get innovation moving forward. Mm, yeah, well, actually, you and I did an episode 39, I believe it was, and you sort of alluded to some of this coming, didn't you, back then? You'd not long actually taken over and uh, but had, had some plans, and this is obviously one of those plans that's starting to, to uh, uh, take fruition. 
Yeah, yeah. Part of part of the reason we we bought MedTech uh, myself and Advent Partners was we wanted to focus on probably three areas. One was um, customer servicing, uh, one was innovation, and one was partnering. And and while we're a, a patient practice management system, um, what MedTech's about. We saw an opportunity to work better with third-party applications that give more choice to our end users um, for services and applications that can help them run their practices. And what we've managed to achieve so far, which is encouraging, is the willingness of the ecosystem to want to work together. And we have people like Microsoft, Umbrella, SQL Services, Aurora, HL7 New Zealand and Odin Health working with us on the platform, which is called Alex, and we have about 13 other third-party applications already and growing literally weekly of parties who want to use this API to offer alternative or alternative applications that can help general practice and, and healthcare delivery either at the practice level or at the consumer health level. So, so that's pretty exciting. So we, we did discuss in our, our previous podcast uh, um, Thanks for, uh, I suppose, giving us another opportunity to sort of explain some more about it. But what, what it really does is it does enable general practice and New Zealand healthcare ecosystem to work better, to have an interoperable framework um, so that you know, good information exchange can happen reliably, securely and scalable. Um, and, that, and that's been the ambition from the outset and um, so far so good. Yeah, that's great. And I think you've opened up a tap. You're going to have you know, people uh, knocking your door down, mate. You'll have to reinforce the hinges and so on. So, you know, this is something that, that the sector's been waiting for for a long time. So so well done to you. And, and I'm sure you I'm sure you've already got plenty knocking on your door, have you? Yeah, yeah. We've we've had really good interest um locally here in New Zealand. We've had interest in from the startup community through to some of the more mature businesses. And what I suppose we've even had interest from overseas to how this application would work. And one of the reasons we went with the various partners we went with um, is we like to work with the best. And so working with Microsoft, working with Umbrella, working with Odin Health, we're actually going to deliver something that's quite scalable. Um, It is using standard space. So by doing that, that enables applications to work elsewhere if they use similar type of standards. So I think that's a pretty powerful um, uh, approach to doing interoperability because you can reuse applications in other markets and other areas. And we will be taking this to Australia um, a few months after we launch it in New Zealand. And we've already had interest in another country in the world, which I won't just say just yet. Uh, still early days. But our goal would be to take all those partners with us into those into those markets and those countries. And it is it is fairly unique for what we're doing. Um, the main reason being is there's about 900 GP sites across New Zealand using MedTech today. Um, as you could imagine, in various shapes and forms in terms of connectivity, service setup, um, availability of resources, all those types of environments. And what we wanted to do was ensure that that information is, you know, it's always being kept at that GP, not centralising it somewhere. So it's a federated model. It's what's called event-driven. So you get information about a particular person or about a particular circumstance as you require it, as opposed to let's build a data lake and work out what we do next. This is a very, a very different approach. 
Mm. And you're talking about the partners coming on board with it. Uh, yeah, clearly, innovate, innovative uh, and all that sort of thing is important. It, sort of, if you were describing, if you were, if you were drawing a painting a picture, I suppose of what what the partners need to look like. What 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 other sort of um, skill sets and qualities would they need to to be able to knock on your door and get and actually have you open the door? Um, it's it's probably quite a simple simple um, criteria it's not that we're just letting any person in per se it's it's people who are like-minded there's people who want to lift the performance of healthcare. it's people who probably well, probably care about improving health um if you're trying to do something cheap and cheery um probably not where you want to be so we're looking at people who are sort of trusted providers of applications because as you'd imagine with a service like this you have to make sure you have trusted partners and trusted scenarios and so we're doing a lot of work around with our partners about how do we ensure between both of us, not just not just the third party, how do we make sure we get that security level, those consent models, those private impact implications um, covered off properly. So a lot of the work actually tends to not be technical. It's actually the material around um, the technical stuff so that our users can feel, uh, I suppose, secure and trustworthy or trusting of the parties that work with us. So it's it's not a free-for-all. Um, it's very deliberate in the way that that security and permissioning um, strategy actually works. So it is it is like-minded people, and it'd be fair to say, um, most of uh, all the people who have approached us so far, I would uh, say are like-minded, and um, but they're very enthusiastic about health, and that's obviously another criteria of, uh, for the whole process as well. But there is no sort of you must jump through all these hoops per se, but um, we have been very consistent in, in the way we've approached this. So that's been a very important thing if you want fairness is to be consistent. Mm, mm. That's fair enough too. That's that's good. And, you know, I think that's an important uh, part of the whole thing. If, if you, you know, if you, that whole like-mindedness and I suppose um, sharing an ethos of what's uh, what's good for the health system in, in New Zealand and elsewhere. So that's, that's an important driver. Yeah, it is. It is, and a lot of a lot of the a lot of these guys, um, you know, didn't have a relationship with medtech um, in any shape or form per se. And uh, what we've been able to do, I suppose, is is look at what they have been doing. How do we improve that? So we, we talk about the importance of continuity of your service. If you're going to provide a service, you know, how do you keep that continuous level high? Um, this thing's been designed with, you know crazy numbers around it in terms of what we expect the the uh, site to be able to handle what, what we expect the practice to be able to handle and we're conscious that if we build these applications and practices and consumers and doctors and clinicians and funders become dependent upon it it's got to be really really robust it's got to be really really scalable so from the outset we're building a model that you know, can handle a billion transactions quote unquote um that, Mark Smith, the CIA, when I was discussing it out, he said a year. I said, what do you mean a year? You know, <laughs> we could rack this up pretty, pretty quickly. Um, and that's how we've been designing it, which is why we've gone with, you know, industry best. Um, it's not whipping it up in the back shed. It's working with international organisations of credibility and scale so that we can give the service that our users and consumers of New Zealand, you know, truly deserve. Mm. And can, if you don't mind, sort of expand a bit on that event-based integration, you know, say f from a lay person's perspective, maybe even a G GP or so forth, you know, what what would, does that actually look like in, in practice? 
Okay, so a, probably a really, really good example of an event-based is is you are looking for an appointment. So I'm Jeff and I'm looking for an appointment with my local doctor. So I'm looking at a specific event as opposed to, um, and I want to go to this a particular practice, practice A, and that's sort of a specific event as opposed to, Oh, I want to get a health summary. Same sort of idea, actually. I want to get a health summary. I'm travelling overseas and I want to take a health summary with me. So I'm Jeff and I go through a third-party application and I request a health summary from my from my normal practice. Um, what is happening alternatively, people are saying, well, hang on, let's create a copy of all the data and host it somewhere in the cloud or let's create a data lake within a region of all the practices in that region's data and, and we'll, 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 we'll hook into that. The very, very difference is Jeff is asking for one piece of information about Jeff, where in that other model, you've already had pushed all the data, all the data, not just about Jeff, about everybody into a, a different realm. So this model is very, very different because you're only getting information about the event or the person you want to get information about. You're not asking to host it in the centralised data across multiple um practices or across a region or across a PHO. So the real strength of this, I would argue, is um, it's safer, it's trustworthy because I'm only getting information I really need and there's that consenting process that's happening as part of those exchanges. So I'm a big fan of um, non-centralised <laughs> record systems uh, because consumers and patients have a relationship with their practice who is they see as a trusted custodian of the data. So under our model, you're only getting information about the person you need to get information about, okay? And that's all cool. There's nothing we're not saying. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's actually, we would argue, a much better way than saying, hey, be easy to centralise everything, put everything in the cloud, and then people can come in that way. Now, that is a very different trust environment possibly untrustworthy potentially um, than it is when you when you work against the federated data sets out there. So that's mm -hmm. the real difference. You get information when you need it, not like I'll centralise it and then one day I might need it. And if we look around the world, those centralisation models traditionally have not worked. Um, and we can see in Australia, for example, that they're starting to move away from that centralised model to say, how do you talk about a federated model? Well, you can see the way that NHIP is working, wants to work as well. It's centralisation of data for a rainy day is probably untrustworthy um, in the eyes of the consumers um, or the eyes of the practices even. So the event-driven says, give me information about this person because of this reason and this need. That, that is a very different model to what people talk about when they say, you know, um, APIs, build a cloud offering first and then put an API on top of a centralised model. We are not doing that. And that's probably the ch most challenging part of this is that, um, but we stand by the fact that um, the relationship is between patients and their practice and we're supporting that relationship and any interoperabilities is is happening as an extension of that relationship or a continuation of that relationship. Right. And at the practice level in that case, are they does it matter whether they're on MedTech 32, say on-prem, or they might be on evolution uh, in the cloud? No, no, 
Not at all. So we've we've done a lot of research and modelling, and we created arguably one of the worst general practices possibly in the country as a simulation um, in terms of connectivity, in terms of you know scale and technology. And no, no, we've del- made a deliberate decision to put this across on premise thirty two cloud 32, public, private cloud 32, evolution on-premise, evolution, public and private cloud. And the reason being is um, we wanted to build something that actually can make a difference across the entire ecosystem. And we could have taken the easy route and said, hey, we'll just use evolution in the cloud because that's really good performance and we know what's going on and all the rest of it. But you would deny legitimate access um, to practices out there who can benefit from these applications. So we took the longer and harder route, um, but we realised that if we could do it in the worst case scenarios um, and it works, it's definitely going to work in the best best case scenario. So very deliberate to go across all the customer base that we have. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I see, for example, you know, you've got uh, Lofty as one of the partners, you know, Marshall and Gina Cooper and you know, in the mental health space. So that from an event-driven perspective, there there may be a patient in a, in a GP practice and Lofty wants to access some data uh, or vice versa. So it's kind of working both ways uh, for the practice and, and others. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I mean, Lofty is a great example of, here's an organisation who is, you know, true to their cause, very focused on their cause and improving mental health. Um, a lot of evidence behind their content and how they go about their, their, their business. And it's really impressive what Marshall and Jenna are doing, highly commended. And what's interesting is we'll see new models of care in that scenario where it's really, really tough at time for people to get help when they've got mental health problems or they don't know where to start. And their, their, their organisation works at both ends. How, does it, how do you help a GP help someone make those first steps or how does someone outside make the first steps so that they can work with the right helpers? And in that scenario, you would see two different ways that that application could work. It could be doctor-initiated, you know, talking with the patient, saying, I think Lofty can help with where you're at or vice versa. So part of what this is about is to make that extension of the relationships work as easy as possible. Um, as opposed to I'm working in isolation. And if you think about what, what interoperability is about, it is actually about working together, whether it's between a doctor and a patient or whether it's between the applications behind those two services or behind those two needs. So very excited with the organisations we've got involved because these are organisations who are really um, got some really, really clever and worthwhile um, applications in use and we and together we're working out ways of delivering new models of care. And I think Lofty is a great example. Um, mental health, obviously, sadly, a growing problem and a complex problem. But you know, getting those first steps from both a provider or a consumer end is really, really important. And, and we're very hopeful that we can help help in that area. Mm, and I use uh, Lofty and mental health on purpose because you know the approach that was announced in the 2019 wellbeing budget in New Zealand um, obviously you know since then we've had COVID and so forth but they the uh, approach hasn't changed as far as I'm aware and there's a lot of money uh, uh, put in the budget to changing the way that uh, mental health and addiction services are delivered at the primary care level and one of the major changes was to have the the ideal being that every practice in New Zealand was going to have uh, like, like a navigator, a mental health uh, support person, navigator, whatever you want to call it. And, of course, the 
the challenge with that is, and you've heard me talk about the, the headcount paradigm of, well, where do you find, you know, close to 1,200, 1,300 people to put into practices? And then how do you support them, uh, even if you can get that many, which, you know, I, I have grave doubts about. So uh, here's uh, technology, here's your technology, here's uh, the Cooper, uh, Cooper's technology, Lofty, you know, working together, which should enhance um, what's going on in the practice, even if there isn't the, the uh, mental health navigator sitting there at a desk. Yeah, exactly right. So that, um, you know, whether we can find 1,200 you know, mental health um, care coordinators is going to be a big ask, but I think if we make the ease of information and, you know, some of what Lofty is about is, you know, getting assessments done early and, and sharing that information with the right parties, I mean, this is what this is about. You don't want to have to go tell your story again. You want to be able to real-time focus on the next step. So the first step is to is to get help. The second step is to when you've got that assessment um, and that assessment that's done is who can help that person next, who's best suited. And obviously information exchange, um, if done well, allows people to focus on the care part than it does on what's going on with this person. I have no idea what their background is. I have no idea what the previous um, data is telling us or anything like that. So our goal, and I think I've said it previously, is, is to free up time so that people can spend time caring people can spend time helping people, not trying to work out what's wrong with people. Yeah, that, that's really important. Uh, now, Peter Jordan at HL7 New Zealand, um, you, he was mentioned in the media release. He, he must be pretty excited. I know I know Peter pretty well, and it, take, it would take a bit to get him excited, but I'm sure he is excited about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he is very excited because, I mean, and these are the, the unsung heroes of healthcare, the, the standards guys and the guys who... Um, yeah, work on the minutia, and the minutia is really, really important because if you have the minutia right, um, you can scale. And I think that's what Peter's bringing to the table with that expertise is, is standards allows you to scale. And mm. this notion that standards um, are somehow holding industry back or not fast enough, I don't 100% agree with that argument that if, if you make the investment and you get that standards-based approach, you can scale. And that's what Peter's bring brought to the table for us. Very practical, experienced guy um, in these sorts of spaces, and um, it was encouraging. Um, people were quite happy to get involved. Um, very happy to get involved, and you know, really pleased with the work he's doing. And you know, we've got X number of you know, about six or seven guys in guys and girls in um, medtech as we speak are going for a fire course um, to improve their skills. And I think what. HL7 New Zealand does or even HL7 globally does um, is a great opportunity, I'm going to argue, to scale. And if you can scale, um, yes, there's commercial benefits in doing that, but you'll have a greater impact. And mm. you know, all of these applications, when written against the standard, as I said earlier, um, theoretically can be exported into other realms where people are using the same standards. And I think that's, that allows you to focus on improving the quality of your application, the functionality of your cap, of your application, not just how do I get my application out the door. You focus on the really cool stuff like decision support and improving patient care, less about, oh, my God, how am I going to make this proprietary workaround work, uh, which is what's been happening in the past. Mm. Yeah, and, and also I might, you know, I'm taking a little, little bit of a uh, joke a bit, 
Peter be getting excited. Uh, those that know Peter will know, you know, just how how hard he has worked over a very long period of time. And you know, this he will be excited. I would be be surprised if he wasn't, because you know, the, a lot of this is uh, a lot of his hard work coming to fruition with regards to fire and and HL seven and so on. So so um, I know he will forgive me. Um, Oh, no, no, he's excited. He's excited. <laughs> and, um, I think this is, yeah, this is, yeah, this is, this is a lasting legacy to the work of what Peter and other standards um, individuals do. And um, mm -hmm. that I've sat on various standard committees through my career. Um, it is the minutia, and um, but it's really, really important. It's really, really important. And um, as a as an ecosystem, as a country, uh, I personally appreciate what what Peter and the team do there at HL7 and I, I would encourage other people to realise it's that work that um, enables us, I, I, I expect, to get leaps and bounds. Uh, this isn't right. like just gradually do some stuff. This is a step change um, for the way that New Zealand can operate and um, we're happy to be part of it. We're happy to get the support we're getting. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting times. Yeah, and and for international listeners, um, yeah, uh, Peter Jordan he lives in uh, so well, it is a city, isn't it? Ham Hamilton, Hamilton in, in New Zealand. It's kind of it's landlocked. It's one of our few landlocked uh, cities here in us in our lovely island. Um, uh, but if you lived in Hamilton oh, for as long as got a river running through it, Scott, <laughs> it's not totally landlocked. Oh no, no, <laughs> landlocked. Well, that's true. I forgot about the Waikato River. That's just a little stream that that, that meanders through the the middle of Hamilton, doesn't it? Uh, but if you if you've lived in, um, oh, excuse me, if you've lived in Hamilton as long as Peter has, you you need to have something to excite you now and then, don't you? <laughs> and you mentioned also about uh, manage my health and BPAC. So no changes there. Um, yeah. You know, with regard to what's happening. Yeah. So, so MedTech historically had a number of integration agreements um, with people like um, Manage My Health and BPAC, and they've been loyal partners and you know, good partners of MedTech for a number of years, um, and they still will be. And to be fair, that those solutions that those organisations create and um, do, they work. They, they, they work. And they do good work with what those applications. But both of those organisations also know that over time they would probably look at different ways of doing things. Um, but, yeah, anyone who had an existing integration agreement with us, they work. Um, they provide good service to the users and there's no reason to say you must change tomorrow or blah, blah. Um, quite, quite the opposite is um, if it works, keep doing it. Um, if you want to look at innovation, this is the pathway we're going. So those organisations have a lot of um, innovation in where they wish to go with their, their applications and they will, they'll end up, I would expect, they'll end up using components of this as they migrate um, into a new way of working and that's fine. There's, that's what we're, we're not, we're not here forcing people to do it our way or no way. Uh, we are just offering up what we believe is, is a better way in the coming years, mm -hmm. and, and from a practice level, so I'm a, I'm a GP, you know, sitting there having a consult with my client, and um, do, would I expect to see something? You know, is my screen going to look different? You know, what's, no, what's going to be? No, 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 not, not at all, Scott. Um, <laughs> no, please not. <laughs> They're used no, to please no. the way it is. No, essentially, essentially, from and you know, this is obviously where we're at. Man, it's a very technical. Um, this, it's a very technical piece of work. So for the average GP, um, it's business as usual, and that's what that's what the goal of this is about. 
uh, whether they notice it's a couple of nanoseconds quicker than whatever way they're using before, slightly relevant. But for the average GP, what we would argue is they'll have better choice and they should have better comfort in the security and the permission and what's actually going on uh, with their application. And I think that's the key part we're, we're interested in is, is we do not want to degrade from the, the practice management system because that's the bread and butter of what GPs are doing. And these applications will work alongside that, uh, but never at the expense of the PMS. Uh, so we, we believe that the average GP um, should be better off um, will, will be better off, um, but it will be a function of what services or what applications they want to use. And mm. by doing it this way, we would argue they're going to get exposed to more innovation and more choice. And the cost of that innovation um, to the third parties, I would argue it's cheaper because they're not trying to work out how do I deploy this across all of MedTech sites? How do I work out what the hell MedTech going to do next, um, you know, those types of scenarios. As a partner, they're part of the roadmap, they're part of the journey so that they can come with us and, and, and take users, common users of, of our applications forward. And I think that's what's probably the exciting part is you'll see more innovation, um, less, less, less constraints on a startup. It is not easy building a piece of software and then work out how do you get it out to 900-odd sites. With Alex, we're, we're overcoming that challenge out of the, out of the bat, uh, yeah, straight off the bat um, for, for, for any organisation or works for us. So that, we would argue, um, allows that application developer to focus on the innovation part of what their business is about. Mm-hmm. Great. And timelines. So you talk about uh, early next year for New Zealand and not long after for Australia. So that's, uh, I know you're, you're pushing your team pretty hard and clearly the partners will be pushed pretty hard too. You, so there's aggressive timeframes, aren't they? Yeah, it is. It is, um, it is the timeframes that we've, I suppose, built out um, with our technical partners about you know, what we thought was possible. And I think I've previously said, you know, this isn't just a one release and that's it. Um, this will be a journey for the next three years. So the first bunch of resources, as they're known as, um, will be a health summary. And a health summary, for those who don't know, will have your current medications, your allergies, immunizations, chronic conditions or conditions of relevance, have clinical measurements like height, weight, BMI, blood pressure, that type of stuff. You can also put some pathology in there as well. What, what that will allow people to do is to start to get creative around what can you do with that type of resource as a service. Uh, we're also putting appointments, um, the ability to look at appointments remotely, online appointments, and we'll then have a whole bunch of services after that. We'll cover things like you know um, patient registration, um, reading and writing, different reading of writing around different you know, forms and collection. Then you start to move into smarter pathology, smarter radiology, uh, smarter referrals, smarter claiming, smarter billing, um, those types of scenarios. So we've got a we've got a roadmap that basically talks about rolling out resources every couple of months so that innovation can start to flow. Um, and we started with health summary first because that is such a big ask of the software. And if you get it right, you know you can do the rest. And that that was very deliberate. And we're very confident this is this is going to work. Um, but it will be a 
a rollout of resources or what's called fire resources as you go along over the next two to three years. Mm, mm, great. And I was thinking about the likes of, um, you know, Harry from WebTools. So, you know, if he has to work through, you know, December, January, doesn't have a holiday, that doesn't matter. He's he's just had a bit of a break when, on his honeymoon, hasn't he? So he might as well just work, keep working. <laughs> yeah, well. He's a, he's a married man now. It, it works, works might be a better place for him, yeah? <laughs> no, no, he's, I know his wife. His wife's lovely. Um, she's lovely. Oh, you, you, you had to say that, yeah. No, no she's a lovely lady, Steph. Um, um, WebTools is working now. A lot of these organisations are working now to work out how they're, they're changing their paradigms, how they're doing you know, release two, so to speak, already of what their existing application might be. Uh, or they're also looking at the fact that you know they might not have thought about patient summaries previously for, for arguments like health summaries. And they're thinking, actually, I've never thought about that. How can I use that in, in my application or components of it? So um, there's a lot of work going on. Um, most of these vendors are, are planning um, what they're up to, where they're at. Uh, there's a lot of work in how do we stand up sand pits and scale. Um, I've promised to be the best PMS partner in the world to my partners. Um in doing that, you, we've got a lot of um, assistance for documentation. How is all this going to work? How are we going to keep track of, of who's in? How do we get customer servicing right? So there's a lot of work being going on by all the parties. So um, without preempting anyone's work, I'll let them do that. But we're very confident a number of these partners will have applications working as part of that first release. Mm-hmm. And plenty of opportunities for others to get involved by the sound of it. And um, yeah, perhaps areas like pharmacy, um, even supply chain, uh, workforce. There's, yeah, it's almost unlimited, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And you can see the, the names we have here. You know, we've got some, some serious um, parties out there already who are, who are getting stuff done across all sorts of areas. So you know, we do have, you know, um, Rescript involved. We do have, you know, um, Akeso involved. We do have Kiosk vendors involved like JX and Florence. Um, we do have the ConnectMed guys who are, who've been around for a while. And, um, you know, we've got, a, we've got a really good range of innovative organisations mm-hmm. and um, um, they'll be able to scale. I mean, I think that's what the most exciting thing for them is they, they should be able to scale where they haven't been able to do that before. And um, if their stuff's good enough and people like it, um, you know, they'll, mm. they'll get uptake. Yeah, that's right. It's where the value is derived and then people, you know, will flow towards that, won't they, for, for their particular needs. And, you know, the likes of Well Revolution, for example, is, uh, yeah, that, that would be pretty exciting having having them involved. Yeah, I mean, Well, well Revolution's got a very interesting um, approach to how do you support general practice care and how do you support um, patient care. And, um, it's very, again, very, there's some very sharp sharp people in these organisations. <laughs> and, um, you know, if, again, if they don't need to worry about how the world they're going to make this work with med tech, so to speak, with, with you know, um, now being enabled, they can spend more time on innovation. And that's what we want them to spend time mm-hmm. on, not trying to make their software work with our software. Um, quite the opposite. You know, we're, we're stabilising that for them so that they can focus on the cool stuff, the innovative stuff, not like, oh, my God, MedTech might fall over on me if I haven't done this properly. So that's 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 what we're going to overcome. Great. And, hey, you know, back at episode 39, I, I'm not sure whether you men- mentioned it or I mentioned it, we talked about um, you don't 
really do stuff by halves, do you? So this is an example. I think you were, you know, talking a little bit about all this then. Uh, it was obviously in your mind. You had some plans. Um, bingo, here, here you go. So good on you. Good on you for that. It's uh, both feet firmly planted and, and getting stuck into it, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually, um, 2003, 2004, when I was um, working at Hate Sandwich, now known as Medical Director, I was looking at APIs then. Um, about sort of you know, how do you build you know, app specific applications for a subset of users. And fortunately, the world's moved on a lot since then, and there's a lot better toolkit and technology to support that. But I've always been a, a fan of general practice in an ecosystem. And I've always been a fan of if we want to achieve more, we achieve more by working with more people, not just by ourselves. And I think we clearly have, I think there's 15 to 20 organisations involved with us from the technical implementation of this to providing you know, applications and services to, to, the, to the ecosystem. And um, it's, very, it's, very, it's very encouraging and it gives me a lot of faith in um, our, our ability, I suppose, to work together and deliver things that will help, help practices, help consumers, and ultimately, you know, help the wider ecosystem. Yeah, great. And hey, just finally, let's touch on on your team, your people. You you know, you can't do this just by yourself. And you know, you brought in uh, some new people, but you've also got people that came along for the ride um, when you know as you acquired. So you must have um, an incredible amount of faith and confidence in, in the work that they're able to do and and are doing. Yeah. Yeah, so we have a we have our on the med tech side. Um, I'll name some names to give them some some kudos. Uh, we have Mark Smith, who's our CIO. Um, we have Holly Hodson, um, helping from the whole product from a product management perspective, working with all our, our third party um, vendors. Uh, we have Gordon Inkson. We have Mel. Gordon Inkson um, is enterprise architect. Mel is sort of running to make sure we, we, we stick to our deadlines. <laughs> uh, we have Arachia and Solomon um, in our dev side of things. Uh, we have Prashant working really, really hard, working with um, Peter Jordan about making sure all our stuff is fire compliant. And then um, from the third-party side of things, we have uh, Microsoft has been really, really helpful, Umbrella, um, obviously leading some of the day-to-day practicalities of, of how do you put all this together and host it. Uh, Odin Health um, is doing a lot of the work around the integration layer, the middleware layer. And um, we also have people like Aurora and SQL Services. Um, make sure we're optimising things, make sure it's secure, make sure it's scalable. Um, there's been a lot of interest in this from those organisations because uh, this is possibly has never been done this way before, and um, and the main reason being is um, most people look at integration at sort of a hospital layer or at a or at a, mm. um, a, a ministry of health type layer. We're looking at it, the the variability of general practice, and that's that's the challenging part. It's also the most exciting part because it will open up a better ecosystem that will improve. Um, the transfer of care or the information exchange uh, that's required for that transfer of care. So yeah, great. It's a big team, and it's um, um, it's good to see people fight um, working towards such a, a powerful common goal. Mm, yeah, fantastic. And what I also like to see there too is that you know the majority of your partners are 
like yourselves, are NZ Hit members as well. And, you know, a lot of them, in fact, I'd say nearly all of them have been involved in the whole area of championing interoperability. So I can, I can understand why they've jumped in quite very quickly with you. Um, yeah, and you know, yeah, and there'll be there'll be some other other partners coming out in the coming weeks, and um, yeah, um, we didn't make NZHHRT requirement <laughs> by coincidence, <laughs> by coincidence, Scott. Um, it does reflect that like-minded mentality um, that yeah, that and that's 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 the that's the types of organisations um, that we like to work with. Yes, great. Okay, hey, well, thanks very much, Jeff, and exciting times. I really. Um, appreciate you spending the time because whilst you, you know, we've commented on how relaxed you are looking, um, I'm sure you you are actually flat out and you've you've spared us some time today just to talk about Alex and what's happening now and what's going to happen in the future. So thank you, mate, and really appreciate it. I hope you've enjoyed the spending the time with us and listeners, um, you too, make sure, subscribe, uh, but also share this episode. Uh, this is a very exciting story, whether you're in New Zealand or not, if you're overseas or even on Mars, which um, you never know with, with this podcast channel who is listening to us, but uh, please share it around because um, you heard it here first. And I think this is going to go far. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks so much, Scott. Thanks a lot. Okay. Yeah, mate. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Digital Health Insights Podcast with Scott Errol. Make sure to subscribe and join us again for more news, views and stories from key health and tech leaders. For more information, please head to our website at www.nzhit.nz where you'll find links to resources, news, events and much more.